0: Happy New Year! I'm thankful for another year and that I'm still on my feet. Um, I'm hoping that everyone celebrated their new year well. Um, Living in Hawaii, fireworks are illegal, but technically people still pop them like it's no tomorrow. So Hawaii knows how to have fun. Trust me, we need to visit Oahu. I think mainly Oahu. There's like always um like three main cities that will pop the most fireworks. It's like Eva Beach, Waipahu, and Kalihi. However, I feel like this year I think Eva Beach the one. Um but Waipahu is pretty nice. Everything was is lit up and I love it when people make those uh droid and um uh, yeah, droid feeds of of their <clears throat> of their fireworks, or basically uh, it's like a huge show especially right before midnight and even after that. Um, so I'm glad everyone's just enjoying their life right now, being safe. Uh, I just want to welcome you to Vala Owl Productions, and I'm here to talk a story about my life and just things in general. Um, so far, I've kind of like pondered around around the idea of narcissistic personality disorder. I feel like there's people in my life who were borderline, or maybe things related to that. And I am not a doctor, so I'm just totally just going based off of of the psychology, just seeing it in my experiences. But uh, narcissistic personality disorder, it is when there's problems in areas such as relationships, work, school, or financial affairs, people with narcissistic personality disorder maybe generally unhappy and disappointed when, they, when they're not given the special favors or admiration they believe they deserve. And so a lot of the behavior is interpersonally exploitive. It's always going to have this diminished ability to, or unwillingness to empathize with others' feelings. Um, maybe the raw one I think most people might experience in their lifetime is someone who's going to complain to you that you don't do anything, or maybe you haven't sacrificed anything relating to um, things with this, how my divorce ended. Um, it's kind of sad, but uh, I i know that if someone doesn't recognize you for what you've actually done, and they just focus on a problem so lo- so much, and it becomes bigger than trying to find a solution, then... It makes things very difficult. So I applaud anyone who's going through that right now and that they're able to just speak their truth and not be manipulated by um, one's projection. What I found really interesting is how there's four attachment styles when it comes to relationships. Um, I think a big one that I resonated with is the anxious attachment style I'll, I'll go more into that but that so the four types there are first one is secure second is avoidant also known as dismissive or anxious avoidant anxious which is preoccupied or anxious ambivalent and then there's disorganized so it's also known as the fearful avoidant Anxious, avoidant, and disorganized are considered insecure attachment styles. So yes, right? Growing up, I know that I had to kind of grow up real fast since my mom passed when I was five uh, due to breast cancer. And then my father, um, he was working a lot to support the family. There was just my sister and I. Also, we also had our grandma and grandpa, but um, grandma then got sick um due to diabetes and then my grandpa oh gosh he would he'd be the one to like hurt us (laughs) if we did something wrong he'd use his cane and try to whack us or his belt and get hit with the buckle so those who are in the younger today's generation brah your cps is your like your one of your your rocks out there so yeah i'm glad you have that type of a of support now. However, um, yeah, normally these styles—it's originally um, studied through uh, psychologists and, and couples therapy. Um, I know, like the theory that states a primary goal of a human infant is to maintain proximity to its caregiver, um, which was kind of how this um, was studied and also related to just survival for people growing up. So when we go into the attachment styles, uh, it says that um, we unconsciously, unconsciously expect our romantic partners to act as our parents did. And therefore we act in certain ways due to, to these expectations. Uh, this is what Krista Jordan, a PhD, a PhD in psychology that studied and she's from Texas. So she goes on to say that uh, in a 2018 study, women score higher on anxiety and men score higher on avoidance when it comes to relationships. But these gender differences are small and have no direct impact on a person's attachment style. The most important takeaway is realizing that someone can change from an insecure attachment style and develop healthy and secure bonds in future relationships. and then so the biggest one for me is that having the anxious attachment style is that i will take someone seriously giving them the benefit of the doubt and not and kind of like you could say like trusting too easily even before seeing someone of how they handle handle conflict or um, how they do with money and things that like things how they do they that go along with Um, You know, it's going to be okay because, you know, we have each other kind of thing. Boy, was I wrong. Um, What everyone should want to attain is the secure attachment style. Um, But a lot of times the mind as the anxious, it's basically manifest a lot of things where we have that fear of abandonment. I guess because it's like I put in so much of that time. And I wanted to have the 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 goal of being a parent. And, you know, um, I think I really cared about just what society wants for us nowadays. And, you know, honestly, you should never rush a relationship. Meaning I got married in under a year and a half we were engaged for like about 10 months or maybe almost a year but it's um it was not the best thing because there's a lot of red flags that i ignored due to just trying to see the end goal and trying to go based off of some biological timing thinking like okay well my woman my partner she's gonna have to she can't be a certain age because she can't give birth after the age of 36 or something you know you you kind of make that plan together and so i got married off of false pretenses you know we're in agreement of having a kid or and even fostering she already had a daughter and the daughter was from a uh, uh, i guess you could say long relationship and if things didn't work out but a big indicator that someone should see as a red flag is when someone shares just so much negative things about their ex, that it, it kind of draws you in because you know, you're like, for one, that's going to be wanting to hear them now and be a be a good partner to listen and validate their feelings, you know, you're gonna allow them to speak. However, because of that pain and everything, that trauma that they went through they're still going to carry that because they're they're not there you don't hear if you don't hear the solution of how they overcame it or how they they don't speak anything positive about that their their ex and this is the baby daddy so honestly yes this plays a huge role into anyone's relationship who's going to start going into um, any blended family situation but that I'll say that for another time so truly if you Recognize that they're talking a lot of smack about their ex. That's a big red flag to say you know if you can be secure, be the secure attachment person, and to be be okay with saying you know this was fun. I appreciate you, but I see that this is not going the way that um, I was hoping, and be okay with letting go, learn, move on, live and learn. Truly, um, that's the biggest thing. I know that my or the ex has. And anxious attachment style, so um, they're just very highly sensitive to criticism, real or perceived. I feel like a lot of my opinions were perceived very wrongly, and um, they tend to have <clears throat> difficulty being alone, low self esteem, and feeling unworthy of love. So, before I got married, I do re- recall how. I would be put on blast by her saying, "Oh, you know, other people are not thinking you're such a great boyfriend or fiance because you don't come visit us as often. You know, I want you to make sure you're going to take care of us and see that, you know, how you're going to be with my daughter." And so I I'd take those steps, but we did not cohabitate due to just religious um, practices, mainly because you want to avoid premarital sex. So. I I know that she was very um just in that way of just feeling I, I like I like to be needed, but of course um once went into the marriage, maybe like after a year, you know, things were starting to go downhill with just how like she wanted so much control that we even we even had to make a calendar at one point of how many hours I'll be spending out apart from them and it was that was like another form of hell. Not maybe not the worst, but you know it's like on the tears. So going on into the anxious or sorry, not the anxious but the other attachment style. There is disorganized, and the anxious disorganized attachment is defined as having extremely inconsistent behavior and difficulty trusting others. I mean, I honestly think that this is what the ex went through. Uh, common causes is um, usually people who have suffered childhood trauma, neglect, or abuse. Um, fear of their parents is also present. Disorganized attachment style can include the fear of rejection, that's like a common thing because of insecurity, inability to regulate emotions, um, have contradictory behaviors, high levels of anxiety. Um, I, not, the ex never could trust me. Like, it's, it's still mind boggled me that she said yes. And so a lot of times these can correlate to mental health conditions in adulthood such as mood disorders, personality disorders, and substance use disorder, and self-harm. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I'm rooting for any couple out there who's going through this. I mean, if they're getting the therapy and they're listening to your therapist and understanding that, hey, maybe it's not a good time to get married and you need to work on yourself, then be all, by all means, do that. Take care of yourself. Because that's really, really the main point. I feel like we can't really love another person if we don't love ourselves. If we're going to be thinking we're too ordinary or not good enough, we have to remember that we have ourselves and basically you're your own biggest cheerleader. This year, in 2023, I don't want us to doubt ourselves. That's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Self-doubt is such a killer to a lot of people's dreams. And they won't continue because there's... Negative looking in the past or looking at the glass half full. I'm not saying that you be positive, but I'm just telling you that you need to build that confidence. You need to be able to get on your game and do the do the work. Um, whether whatever that is, you need to uh, go ahead and study uh, or take a class, get a get a certificate, a degree, or even just um, finding someone to be that that Miyagi for you. You know, you need someone to just keep you accountable and that's okay. I know that a lot of people today, they really identify with that um, personality trait of being an uh, introvert, but that doesn't mean you do things alone or by yourself. I mean, it's important to know that having that secure um, attachment style is basically you being emotionally available, aware of your own emotional behaviors, and you want to be able to, um, not easily, you, I guess it says you can easily trust others according to the study, but you have the ability to seek emotional support, you're comfortable with being alone, comfortable in close relationships, ability to self-reflect in partnerships, being easy to connect with, ability to manage conflict well, have high self-esteem, and ability to be emotionally available. Um, just all those things. It's, it's important that Um, people who are securely attached um, because they're in touch with their their self and their emotions, it's it's gonna help generally bring just more love and you being able to raise, if you're gonna have a family, raise a child that's gonna be secure secure as well. Um, I really hope that people will have that bond and my experiences don't rush it, don't rush finding that partner. Oh, and don't be fooled by uh, their their how like how how well they look on the outside, but truly, it's about that comp- compatibility and seeing what's on the inside. Of course, you can't really see on the inside unless you you're into that stuff. Jokes aside, but I feel that you need to. Be worthy. Know that you're worthy of love, and don't need external reassurance. And you'll notice that if you if you don't see those types of anxieties or things that people are going through when they, they can't trust their partner, then that's a win. And I think that's something that you should work on. And always strive to um, talk about and save space for each other. Meaning, make time. You schedule if you need to, like an appointment where. You and your, your partner can talk when you're both emotionally available, mentally available, and not tired. You know, you can't do it after the end of a shift. has to be maybe on a day off where you guys are off together, and some, maybe in a in day, whatever, um, whatever you can do to find and make that time. But saving space is crucial to seeing any potential partner be your life partner. Well, that's all for today. And thank you for tuning in to my second podcast of All Our Productions. And I hope that you and I can tell a story. Feel free to message me and hit me up if you have any questions. And I thank you so much. Happy New Year. May 2023 be brighter and better for you.